Greetings and welcome to another episode of Master Phil in Your Corner. This episode is number 110, How to Develop MMA Fighters. Now, uh, also, this is actually season four, the first episode in season four. I just checked back. I can't believe it. And uh, we, uh, we're pleased and honored to have two special guests, a man who I look up to in the martial arts, and he's been on the podcast several times. He's also my boxing coach, Joe Rubino. And we're having a first-time guest, but a very long-time friend of mine, fellow martial artist, and someone I consider a pioneer in MMA and MMA promotion, Mike Constantino. Hey, guys. Say hello, and then uh, we'll do our, our plugs, and then we'll get into it. Okay, so uh, first, you have to thank our sponsors, PhilRoss.com, Kettlebells, Bodyweight, Self-Defense, Martial Arts, Virtual and In-Person Training, Virtual through uh, Patreon, Master Phil Ross. And, uh, you know, that's just for me, over 150 videos plus education. We also have Burn Along. I'm one of the featured instructors there. There's over 2,000 other instructors there as well. Book Survival Strong, Ferocious Fitness, and the Kettlebell Workout Library. Survival Strong is actually being rewritten right now, and it uh, should be out in uh, December. Uh, seminar certifications through the Bodybell Method, as well as Survival Strong. P3 Training Group, plan, prepare, and protect in-person online courses and workshops for civilians and law enforcement for active threat training. Health is a Wealth, the virtual community outreach platform for mental and physical health, wellness, fitness, and education. Pay-per-view flicks, Warrior Island show, as well as other program. I just got back from filming this episode of Warrior Island. We'll talk about that a little bit too. The Under Project, supportive and comfortable under underwear for men. Fit Team, 100% natural protein supplements, vitamins, assorted health products. One Sleeve, BJJ, Rash Guard shorts, shirts, hoodies, and all other sorts of fight gear. The Winning Mindset, Athlete and Team, as well as corporate training. We do uh, coaching for groups and one-on-one, -on -one, as well as presentations and workshops. Ooh, okay, that's a mouthful. Now, let's get into this. So, now, yeah, you look at MMA. And I know, Joe, you've been around for a while. you got a great wealth of experience. You know, Mike, you've been in MMA from the beginning. Uh, you know, you jumped in there with your AMA fight team. You jumped in the cage yourself, the whole thing. And um, and you, you we're looking at it now. How is the best way to train an MMA fighter? Do you start with, um, like, wrestling, boxing, focus on those those things, jiu-jitsu, whatever it is, focus on one art and then focus on another one and then bring them together? Or do you just go and just say, start doing MMA right from the get-go? So let's talk about the different methods and what do you think works best? Uh, Mike, well, before we get into that whole thing, tell, tell us a little about, about your background because I mean, the, the audience wants to know. I mean, you're, you've been around from the beginning in, in the MMA world? Um, well, thank you, Phil, for having me first and foremost. And uh, Joe, pleasure to meet you. I heard many great things about you. Um, I'm a lifelong martial artist. You know, I began my journey in Koei Kon Karate with uh, Sensei Pat Sizer in Clifton. And then I met my true instructor and who I recognize as my instructor, you know, Tom Petiri, who I hold the black belt under. And um, in addition to being my instructor, Tom is one of the biggest mentors in my life and and dear friends. Um, and I was proud to earn a black belt under Tom. And that's where I met you, Phil. Yes. Um, and then I, I wound up opening my own gym in 2003, American Martial Arts in Whippany, New Jersey. And then I later segued into what became AMA Fight Club, which led to my MMA career. 
And then after, you know, my journey with Hamdo um, under Tom Pateri, I, I wound up first breaking into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and then Muay Thai and then uh, became, you know, pro MMA fighter. I had one fight and then built the fight team from there, from the gym and things just, you know, kept going. It was my passion. And, you know, I went on to training, you know, over 20 UFC fighters and uh, including Khabib and Amanda Nunes, who are considered the greatest male and female fighter ever. I've cornered both of them and I was actually their manager and I'm the one that signed Khabib to the UFC. So um, in addition to being the martial arts side, I also have a business side where I had a sports agency where I represented the fighters. So well, in a nutshell, brothers. Yeah, I mean, a lot of big names. Yeah, of course, Jim Miller, who's still going at it. They were our homegrown guys, uh, Jim and Dan Miller. Um, Really great journey thus far, and I'm happy to still be on it. And then meeting great people like Joe, like who I personally, we've never met before. But then even when I spoke to my instructor, Tom, I mean, hearing all the the great things that he had to say about you. And I must have just missed you by years because he said, I guess you guys were cross training or you were coming down by him. Must have been just before me then. Yes, it was. It was. As a matter of fact, um, I don't know if you remember this, but I was actually on the panel during your white belt test. <laughs> I remember <laughs> everything about you, buddy. Come on. That's I remember everything. Yeah. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Good, <laughs> good people shake out at the end and are still friends, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so, so, Mike, uh, what do you, you know, I know, you, let's just, let's say you have the Miller brothers who started in wrestling. And, uh, you know, I've always been of this, if you look at martial arts and fighting, right? The first competitive combat arts were wrestling and then boxing. Okay, um, and and what you know what what have you found you know because there's there's a, there's a I, I think there's a new kind of uh, movement where people are just going right into MMA. Um, I don't know what do you, what do you think about that? Do you think they should have a base and then? Uh, bring it together you're, you're asking me me yes i'm asking you okay. so so the answer to that question um is wh- who is it and where are they on their journey and what do they want to do so for instance when you say become an mma fighter nowadays you know years ago you had to go to a taekwondo school to learn taekwondo boxing gym to learn boxing wrestling room to learn wrestling jiu-jitsu to learn jiu-jitsu now we have these hybrid training centers where you can go and learn it all either blended together or even separate classes in the same building which didn't exist when i was coming through the ranks right right so to answer your question, if I get a kid straight out of college that was a national champion wrestler, that I mean, he already has that start, right? And he's a college guy. And then I'll teach him, obviously, how to throw a jab cross to complement that D1 wrestling. But if you're a child at this stage, depending, again, on your age or where you go, you can never go wrong with wrestling or any martial art. And I tell people that all the time. Anything is better than nothing. You can take valuable skills out of structure, life skills, and, and kicking like Taekwondo, or you can go to like a hybrid gym that has a little wrestling, grappling, and jujitsu. So the answer to that is, Dependent on the age and dependent on the goal, it really truly is different for for everybody on that journey. Yeah. So, Joe, what, what do you what do you? Think? Well, I agree with Mike. I I think it depends on the person's background and how old they are. Yeah. But surely, if they have a background, for example, in boxing, well, okay, they had that focus for a while in boxing, so they probably have those skills. So now you can start wrestling, start some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and so forth and so on. And uh, if they're a kid. I mean, I like to see them focus. I mean, if I had a kid and they wanted to be in MMA someday, I'd put them right in a wrestling program. That's what I think they should focus on right away, wrestling programs. Then I'd slowly bring them into boxing after he had the wrestling. See, the problem, I, 
I know they have these schools that mix it all together. The problem with that, I don't know if you ever become really good at any one of them, unless you had that in your background. You know, like Bruce Lee said, I'm more afraid of the person who practices one move a thousand times than a thousand moves, right? Oh, a thousand moves. Ten thousand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'd like to see a focus. I'd like to see a couple of years discipline in wrestling, a couple of years discipline in boxing, and then, you know, move them to Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and move them to whatever else you want to throw in there, Judo, whatever else, you know. The combat sports in my mind, you and I have talked about it, Phil, yeah. that work best are boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, parts of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You know, some of it uh, for the sport is good. And uh, Judo, some Judo. And, of course, you got kicks from Taekwondo and things like that. But I think the base... You know, you need boxing and wrestling as a base. You need that. I don't think I don't. I don't know of anybody who's been really successful, and I could be wrong. Maybe Mike knows. Without that kind of a base, I mean, at one time when UFC first started, you had the Brazilians, very successful because the wrestlers or anybody else didn't know about all those chokes and and the guard, how to get out of the guard, and you know how to get out of the locks. Once they learned that, look who the champions are now. You got wrestlers dominating at certain points. Wrestlers started to dominate the sport. Even now, I'm not sure there's any Brazilian jiu-jitsu, solely trained Brazilian jiu-jitsu champions right now. I'm not sure. I think they all had to cross over and learn some wrestling, some boxing, whatever. So, I, yeah, I'd like to see that focus. Me, I said, if I had a kid, I'm bringing them up. They're going into a wrestling program. They're going to start wrestling young, go through high school. Then I start teaching them some boxing. Let's do that for a few years. Then, get, then mix in the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and everything else. I think that focus is important. And I think wrestlers have proven that. Not only are they tough, but when you have a wrestling background, you're going to be good in the UFC. Just teach you some other things like boxing and kickboxing, and you're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, look, if, you, if you look at the um, – and this is obviously way early in the UFC. One of the guys I was with this week, and I was filming um, Warrior Island, and, and uh, Dan Severn was there. <laughs> I mean – he didn't want to talk about a hell of a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. yeah great wrestler. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he he even said, he goes, listen, I couldn't box, <laughs> you know? Right. And so, you know what? I close my distance, get inside, right? go to work. He goes, I did my thing. I could punch him on the ground, but I wasn't a boxer. You know, and he, he knew it. And he ate a couple kicks in some other times, but he knew he had to close that distance. But the base for him was wrestling. So, Mike, uh, you know, you know, what do you think that some of these guys, Mike, what do you think some of these guys who are going to these like pure MMA gyms where they, you know, start kind of like a young age, just teaching, okay, hey, here we're doing a kick to a, to a takedown as opposed to just, hey, I'm focusing on my kick and making that good. Hey, I'm focusing on my takedown and making that really good. See, if it, I'm looking, we break it down into techniques. I think that it's, again, personally, and I want to know what you guys think. I think it's really very difficult for you to get good at kicking or striking if you're shooting takedowns constantly. And I think it's also hard to get good at doing takedowns if you're, you know, throwing half a kick and half a punch or a kick and a punch. I, you know, I, 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 I don't know, but I know that there are people that are doing these like all encompassing, you know, without having it together. It's kind of like, as opposed to, like, let's say, let's look at a plate. Okay. You have, um, let's say you have your meat here, right? I have my vegetables here. 
and I'm having my potato there, whatever, right? So I'm eating them. I eat all of them. I'm a sectional eater because that's the way I am. I'll eat one, the other, the other. <laughs> but now if I take it, I mush it all together. Is it really going to taste the same? It will taste as good. I don't know. Right? Okay. Well, all fair. And I'm a, a lover of food. So I hear me <laughs> on that front. But all right. So let's do this. This okay. will be fun. Let's look at it as a blank slate, right? Let's pretend yes. somebody has no um, background and we'll do it for kids and adults, right? So in my gym, we have a three and a four-year-old program, five to seven, you know, eight to teen, and then your young adult and adult, right? So if you get a kid coming in um, at three, four, let's even say five to seven, three and four is more skill-based games, but five to seven, no skill to, to me, whether you're running a 30-minute or 45-minute class and whether you're teaching, say, jab, cross, roundhouse kick in one ground position just what is the mount or what is side mount that technically is mixed martial arts yeah. so i don't think that that's going to take away let's say from the growth trajectory of mastering one versus the other let's say at that age skill of five to seven right now if you're like in that wait, range wait, question, question yeah go ahead. do you do that in one class or you do the striking class and then the grappling class so at that age, again, yeah. it's it's mixed together because we're not traditional where we're following like a kukiwan taekwondo yeah. Yeah. curriculum. You know, we're kind of blended into AMA, Fight Club, you mm -hmm. know, mixed martial arts. If you want to rank in just Muay Thai, you can do that. If you want to rank in just Jiu-Jitsu, you can do that. But for the kids, it's more of a blended system. But again, we're talking about a blank slate. Now, if you're an adult and you're coming in, my recommendation is to take two classes a week in a striking art and two classes a week in a grappling art. You know, at our age, if you come in at like 18, 19, 20, not our age, I wish we were 18, 19, <laughs> uh, I mean, an adult, I should say, yeah. you know, you're not going into a wrestling program, right? Or a wrestling right. club. They were really not out there for someone who never, ever wrestled to sell say do that so you have to start with some sort of a hands-on grappling base and my thing is learn something that's you know fun from the stand-up easy to learn and effective boxing and or muay thai right and then in grappling you know you really have jiu-jitsu brazilian jiu-jitsu is the one that have probably the most gyms everywhere that you can get hands on somebody learn takedowns takedown defense ground positions so for an adult my recommendation would be to take like two and two if your schedule afforded it to indoctrinate and see what you want to do. You know, if you want to be a pro fighter, you have to do both and more. If you want to learn how to defend yourself and your family, maybe neither of those are for it, or maybe it's one, but that's, that's the starting point. I'd like to see you do both. See, Phil, here's the question. So let's say we, what, what Mike brought up, we have this new person, 18 years old, three years, they want to be an MMA fighter, 18, 19 years old. So now we're going to train this person. So here's the question. Do we, for the first year, focus, well, let's say first nine months, we focus only on wrestling. The next nine months, we focus on boxing. The next nine months, we focus on Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, Judo, whatever. Or do you go one day a week boxing, one day a week wrestling, one day a week Judo, one day a week? At the end of the three years, who's the more accomplished? Who's closest to being a better MMA fighter? That's the question. That's the question I ha always had in my mind right there. It's a great question. It really is. Yeah. I, I, I would have to say it depends on the individual. Yeah, I, I, guess it's, I guess it kind of opens it up. It's like, well, gosh, do we, you know, what is this person's proclivity? Because some people are naturally better strikers. Some people are naturally better grapplers. That's the point. So, they're, they're going to, you know, gravitate toward that and become better at that, more adept at it. 
But what what, I, what I'm thinking, especially if you have like a blank slate and it's a, an adult, maybe, yeah. I, I think that focusing on one thing for X amount of time and then another aspect for X amount of time and then another aspect and then breaking it up, doing two, two, right. two, whatever. But once they got it, you want to get them a base, you want to know the basics. Because when you look at it, if you're looking at the basics, right? Okay. You know, I competed a lot, right? And, and you know, like the people who compete a lot, like how many different moves do you ever really pull off? Not many. Right? So, you know, you don't really pull off like a whole bunch of different moves. Like I know a ton of moves. I do like seven. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah, how many moves are there in boxing? There aren't that many moves in right boxing. Think about it, right? I know, right? <laughs> you know, how many different kicks I know? Yeah, how many okay, techniques are there in boxing? There aren't that many. Yeah. How many punches? What is this? six, seven punches? Yeah, yeah. Right. Seven punches, right? That's it. That's it. You're done. You know, uh, and you know, turn an elbow. Okay, so it's a punch that missed, and I shot an elbow in there. <laughs> but um, it's 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 kind of interesting though. I wonder. I wonder if. It'd be kind of cool experiment. This yeah. is a great like TV show, right? Yeah. Take two guys and follow them for like a year and see who's back. Because I, I don't think that people would last three years paying attention to a show. But um, if they did it for like a year and see, okay, this guy he did he did three months of wrestling, three months of boxing, three months of jujitsu, and three months bring it all together, and then one guy who just did everything for a year and see who was better at the end of it. Yeah, I agree. See, that's kind of like what I did, because in my background, as you know, Phil, it's mm -hmm. mostly boxing, kickboxing, some karate, karate mixed in there. And then I spent some time in wrestling. Yeah. At a later age in my life. I think I started yeah. wrestling when I was like 30. And and I spent some time in wrestling. So I had the boxing and kickboxing behind me, spent focused on wrestling, mm -hmm. focused on it. Yeah. And then from there, later on, I did some Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu for about a year. Yeah. And I focused on that for about a year. And, and you know, I... I liked that focus for that contiguous periods of time. I liked that focus. Now, I think Mike's right. There's a lot of individuals may look at it differently and like it differently. I, you know, I don't know. But, uh, and I guess maybe from my perspective, I feel more comfortable with that because that's the way I grew up, focusing on on one one thing at a time. Mike, now, what, now of your guys that you've had, and you've had a lot of guys in the UFC, did most of them start like in one art and then branch out and put the other ones in? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's interesting because I've had everything from a pro boxer who wants to become an MMA fighter, a college wrestler who's never thrown a punch other than maybe a bar fight, right. Or a high level black belt in jujitsu. So I've literally seen it all. And the one thing that I, um, you know, one thing I stand on, it's easier to take somebody who's been wrestling their entire life. So we're going to stay in that 18 year old bracket, somebody that's been on the mat wrestling from four years old, five years old to 18. It's easier to teach them to throw a one, two punch or a jab cross than it is to take a pro boxer who's been boxing his whole life and teach him to stop a takedown, you know, and then learn the wrestling intricacies and all the little switches and moves. So not to classify, but a lot of those wrestlers, they're mentally very tough. And, and Joe, I thought you were going there with that earlier when you were talking about, you know, wrestling early leads to success. You look at some, you know, very important, prominent leaders, CEOs, executives that have wrestling backgrounds. I mean, when you can't eat during, during Thanksgiving, when you're a kid, 
that's hard to do. I mean, I played football and I didn't wrestle and I wish I wrestled. I really, you know, you I never did. Yeah. Running stairs and sweating and cutting weight. I mean, it's just, it, it really just makes you something that it's hard to teach unless you experience it. And I've just found that it's a lot easier. And then you'll see a wrestler who's been wrestling their whole life. And then I teach him how to throw a jab cross and he's knocking people out, you know, and he has that <laughs> strength. And I just found it that there was more success in that statistically, right? Of course, yeah. one, two, three over here, Verse 97, you know what I mean? But statistically, it's easier to teach a wrestler how to throw punches, like as a starting point. Of course, there's yeah. knees, elbows. But I found that to be very successful. And a lot of my top fighters come from wrestling backgrounds. I think wrestling is the most demanding sport, period. Yeah. You know, and I come from boxing, kickboxing, and I think it's a tough sport. It, but I, I feel, and I talked about this before too, I think of wrestling, the toughest part is the training. When you get on the mat, that's easy. In boxing and kickboxing, the toughest part is the actual fight, not the training. Wrestling training is brutal, absolutely <laughs> brutal. And when they and when those wrestlers are just mentally tough, and now I've seen some wrestlers I trained who wanted to go on to become kickboxers, and they didn't like getting hit in the face. Yeah. Right, so so they stopped. But overall, of course, you're going to have a few of those. But overall. Man, some of the toughest guys I ever trained were wrestlers. Toughest by far. I mean, they are just so mentally tough. Forget about physically. They're physically strong from wrestling. But mental toughness, I don't think there's any sport training as hard as, as, hard as wrestling. Uh, I, I concur. And you know what the beauty of this is, Joe? It's funny because, again, going back years ago, even UFC won. You know, the Taekwondo guy thought he was better than the boxer, better than the wrestler. And here we are two strikers per se yeah. i never wrestled like formally in high school and i'm touting wrestling right like usually it's like the striker is going to say the striker is the best yeah. and wrestlers gonna say, and here we are and we're yeah. saying you know the truth unfiltered here on the yeah, master yeah. podcast right <laughs> the truth <laughs> it is it really is and, I, and i'm big on the mental part and that's what that's what i was, I was saying yeah it, it's what you know because it, it you know I was a wrestler and I actually, no matter what, even with all my martial arts accolades, I still consider myself a wrestler. Um, still involved in the sport. I still coach. And um, when you're in a D one room, it's brutal. Hmm. I'm telling you, it's brutal. Like everyone's trying to rip your arm off. You get cuffed in the back of the head. You're getting ground into the mat. You're catching elbows coming back. You know, it's uh, and, and the training now and the training training. Yeah. It's a training. That's like tough. our training, when you think about it, you're battling every day. You're beating the snot out of each other. And everybody's trying to look. Everybody wants to. There's in wrestling, there's 10 scholarships, right? Everyone's fighting for those. And yeah. like what they typically do, they'll they'll split them up like in half and give half scholarships. And you're you're trying to knock these guys out so you get that. Right. You get their piece. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's another part about wrestling too is you're fighting for your spot and you're actively competing day after day week after week and it's really no participation trophies in it you <laughs> no. win and go on and it also instills yeah. that competitive nature and competition along with the mental discipline you know throughout a young man or woman's career you know growing up so yeah good stuff for wrestling I think yeah, it is it is uh, i'm so glad i'm still still involved yeah, yeah i'm glad i got involved I, I don't know you don't know mike i grew up in brooklyn and in Brooklyn, they didn't have wrestling for some reason. <laughs> but, yet, but yet Brooklyn is attached to Long Island. If you looked at it on a map, it's all one piece. And Long Island had excellent wrestling. Yeah. I don't know why. In Brooklyn, it focused on boxing. Boxing was the big thing, football, baseball. But uh, I wish they had wrestling in my school when I was younger. Like I said, I didn't get involved in until I was like 30 years old. 
and uh, wound up in a high school wrestling room. And boy, and I learned a lot and uh, learned a lot about the sport and really tough sport, really great sport. And you got to be a good athlete and you got to be tough mentally to be a good wrestler. And um, I, you know, I think those combat sports, I, I, boxing, kickboxing, wrestling, judo, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, some degree, and the, the, that makes a, a mix that you need. Everybody needs, everybody needs that mix. And if, if, if you just go, you know, I studied uh, Nisei Goju, I have a black belt Nisei Goju, and, which was a great style. Um, but it didn't, it, I couldn't, I could never go from there to the MMA ring. And, you know, Phil and I talked about that too, is that, you know, we wish MMA was around when we were younger. Unfortunately, it wasn't, but that would have been a, a, it would have been a great lead for me to go from boxing into MMA and from Phil to go to wrestling to MMA. And it wasn't around, but when it's not around, you had all those other martial arts, like the one I did, which was Nisei Goju, and a lot of people did Taekwondo and Shotokan. But you can't, it's going to be very difficult, I think, and Mike, I don't know if you agree with this, to go from one of those traditional martial arts into the UFC uh, octagon and be successful without the other training. Yeah, I mean, you have unicorns, right? You know, one or two that have done it. I mean, if you look at Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, had a kickboxing background or a karate style, but then he also became a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, right? Um, But yeah, I mean, Lyoto Machida was a UFC champion and he has a traditional like hardcore, you know, karate background and he made it work, but he was also doing jiu-jitsu. Exactly. Another thing, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's very hard to be linear, you know, to find success, of course, in today's world with all the cross-training out there. And one one thing you see too, um, the new age of kid, right? So I saw like the transition where I was teaching, say, a a blended system in 2003, little bit of jujitsu only, brought in a black belt, Jamie Cruz. Then I brought in a Muay Thai instructor. And then I started to see the kids that were in my like five to seven program now be 13, 14, either joining the adult class with their father or becoming young adults. But then I saw like a 10 year period, let's say from like 2008, really, is when I first started to see it till I said, wow, these kids are going to be so good because now they're coming in at such an early age and learning a lot together. And, um, and, and Joe, we were talking earlier about the six months, six months, six months. It's hard to argue with Bruce Lee because of course that rep- repetition would historically make you better, right? But in today's world with the learning, and I, I have a six and a nine-year-old now, and one of my daughter's doing cheerleading, dance, ice skating, gymnastics, blah, 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 blah. You know, and it's no different than if you're going to, let's say, a class and you learn a little striking versus grappling, because to them, they don't really know at that point, even what is the difference between striking and grappling? They're learning what you teach them, right? So if you're using a rotating based curriculum and you're doing that 12 month rotation, it's almost as if you're doing, let's say, three months of jujitsu, three months of boxing, three months of Muay Thai. But my, my biggest thing is it's available now where it wasn't in the past. And the hybrid athlete that's being spit out out of that you're seeing them excel in the UFC and, and other organizations quicker because they just had a, um, the learning curve, like, I guess is a little different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So I just think things go a time where, where, where they kind of rotate. I think the training's better too today. The oh. training, the, the trainers, the coaches are better today. More options mm-hmm. for sure. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, back, back when I first UFC first came out, I was just have two toughest guys see who, see who wins, get in there, they try their art, whatever it is, and see who comes up on top. But it, it's so much more, the training is so, so far advanced now. Mike, do you have any, you have any guys coming up right now that you're, you're working with? Or So, as you know, I segued more to the promotional side. So I yes. still own the gym and I still work with fighters. Uh, currently, right now, 
um, we started a fight league in Colombia. So we did our first show in Bogota and then our second show. With uh, Hector? With Hector. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know Hector. Yeah, and I mean, uh, we brought in Mickey Gall, who's a UFC fighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. CM Punk. He was our commentator. And, you know, we've been doing a lot of things together. So my concentration right now is more so on the promotion side rather than the trainer mm -hmm. side. I haven't really trained fighters, you know, in a handful of years. Yeah. Um, so it's more on the business side of being a promoter. And, and uh, what's the name of your uh, your current uh, it's called chef. Empire MMA. Yes. I have a question for you, Mike. Yes, sir. Um, coming from a boxing background, uh, from when I was very young, um, right now, when I watch the UFC, and again, this is just my opinion, and I think Phil would concur, but I would think if there's any area that they, they lag behind in is boxing skills. And I think Jake Paul proved that by knocking out several of the top um UFC so-called better boxers beating them, either knocking them out or beating them. Um, why do you think that is? Why is that in the UFC right now? Is it that they don't have the top-notch boxing trainers or, or the focus isn't there enough? I... Oh, it's a great, great question. I mean, with the Jake Paul thing, first off, all those fights are fishy, but the guys that he did beat, Tyrone Woodley was an NCAA champion wrestler. Of course, he was a UFC champion, but he was a wrestler, right? Um, Anderson Silva was a Muay Thai striker, UFC champion, but 49 years old. The Nate Diaz one threw me for a loop because I trained with Nate Diaz and then I actually cornered against him in the UFC. And I've seen him box and he's been boxing his whole life. Something just doesn't smell right about all those, you know, Jake Paul fights. And I, I really can't explain it. But um, I think the answer to that is boxing. And I hate to disrespect it, but you hear it right. Like or it's a dying sport, you know, when Tyson or the great heavyweights. Um, stop. Like I used to stay awake. I'll never forget, you know, watching that. And then I started to lose interest over time, maybe because of the big name, but more people are gravitating towards these new things such as jujitsu, Muay Thai and whatnot, where years past, there were a lot more, in my opinion, boxing gyms, even when I was growing up and coming through the PALs and, you know, there was a lot of active boxing classes and they're kind of being drowned out a little bit by the advertising and the, and the, the public image of, of the fighting where it's on every channel and so many leagues. And I think it's just harder to get people into boxing. And then a lot of the young athletes that I spoke to and other friends that are coaches, a lot of the plus athletes are gravitating towards, let's say football or boxing. And it's really hard to get them into, I'm, I'm sorry, football or like, you know, wrestling or basketball. It's hard to get them into a boxing gym. And, and that's what I'm hearing everywhere is that it's just harder and harder to get the athlete to get into boxing. Um, but of course, it's a great thing. I mean, we all love boxing. I love boxing. Yeah, well, even even Conor McGregor didn't do too well against Floyd Mayweather. I mean, no, it's Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, oh, no, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, Conor McGregor was at the top of his game, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it, that's that's a that's a different. I mean, like you take a boxer and at that level too. I mean, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, no one's going to beat him in straight boxing, right? Even the best boxers no. couldn't beat him in straight boxing, right? Well, yeah, but that, but that's that's kind of my point. They, I think yeah. it was Lee Mercer who knocked out. Silver? Is that his name? Who was it? Who no. Ray Mercer. Ray Mercer knocked out Silver? Was it? No, I don't believe Olivia so. What's his, what was that guy's name? Billy knocked him out cold. Knocked out Anderson Silva? No, no not no, Anderson no. Silva. I'm sorry. Him what Sylvia. was that guy's name? Sylvia? Sylvia? Silvio? Tim Sylvia? Yeah. That up. You know, not I didn't say Tim Sylvia was a UFC champion. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah, he knocked I, him out I didn't see who he fought. Ray Mercer. I mean, yeah. I don't I mean, that had to be years ago, right? Oh, yeah, a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a few years ago, yeah. yeah. Well, my boxing coach fought Ray Mercer, Leo Liacano. Shout out to Leo. Uh, he was my boxing coach when I was fighting, and he, he fought Ray Mercer. I don't think you can take 
I don't think you could take any top UFC fighter and put him in a boxing ring, even with a decent, even with a decent boxer, and they're going to do that. Right. I, I also, I also don't think you're going to take a boxer and put him in the UFC. Yeah, well, it was. I was right. Yeah. It, it was Tim Sylvia. It was Tim Sylvia, right? Yeah. When Phil? When did that happen? Uh, June thirteenth, two thousand nine. Okay, so it was a while ago. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, yeah, but look, remember who came into the UFC, uh, James Tony, or I think oh, it was yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Randy Couture, Randy Couture shot a low inside single. Well, exactly. But if you put that in a boxing ring, boxing only, Randy Couture to get knocked. He knocked He's an Olympian. Yeah, exactly. Grappler. Yeah, no, it's, it's art specific. That's why a lot of these crossovers, you know, with the Paul brothers and whatnot. And you know, what's very interesting. It's funny that it just came up organically is that now the other Paul brother, Logan Paul is yeah. fighting Dylan Dennis coming up yeah. and Dylan Dennis started with me at 50. 15 years old and you know that was part of that generation that i was mentioning earlier that he got so good so quick and i'll never forget the first time that he ever tapped me out like yeah. i remember saying like this kid now he hit puberty he's going to be a freaking <laughs> handful like he's going to be great you know in grappling right but now you got somebody who's a world class jujitsu guy he's going to go fight a youtuber who's now a boxer and it's just a different world what kind know? of fight is it going to be it's going to be a boxing match yeah yeah you know it's yeah I think Jake well, Paul said he wants to fight Nate Diaz in the, in the, in the octagon, right? He did yeah. say that, and he offered him $10 million, which is a real offer because it's backed by uh, by PFL. But, wow. I mean, I, I would find it very hard for him to beat Nate in an MMA. I match. don't think he'd beat Nate. Is, was he a wrestler? Was Jake Paul a wrestler? Phil? Jake yeah. Paul did he wrestle. Wrestling. Yeah, he, he did wrestle, wrestling. you know, in high school, and he's a big kid, and he's an athlete, and he's got a great yeah. work ethic, and he's yeah. got – Good power. And one of my attributes I love physically, he's got like a big head. I love the big head or, or the forehead forward. Those yeah. are like like the unwritten things that you can see in a fighter. He's, he's good. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, um, Mike, uh, what, you have a, uh, you know, before we wrap up, do you have a, a show coming up soon that we can check out? We, we have a show coming up in Medellin. Um, it's going to be in October. Um, shame on me for not knowing the exact date right now. but uh, So just look uh, up Empire. Yeah, Empire MMA. If you follow us on Instagram or anything, it's Empire MMA underscore. Excellent, excellent. Joe, you got anything uh, to add or? No, I think it was a great discussion. I think you know this is the kind of type of discussion though that may not have uh, an absolute answer. You know, it, uh, I think Mike put it at the beginning. He said, you know, individuals, you know, uh, have different levels of skills, different le different proclivities, and depends on where they where they go, but. You know, I, I think I think I think Mike would agree, and you would agree that you know wrestling, boxing has to be a, a part of that foundation for every every good fighter, oh, yeah. even even for street self defense, even for street self defense. I think, right, guys, this was this was fantastic. Thank you very much. Um, I'm sure, the uh, audience appreciated our time today, and uh, again, thank you. And as we always sign off. This is Master Phil in your corner. Strength and honor. Thank you.